If you have your Bibles or a phone app, um, turn with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Mark is the second book in the New Testament. Uh, if you're having trouble finding it, you can look in the beginning. There's a list of books, or you can turn halfway and go a little further, and you'll probably stumble upon Mark. Um, so while you're looking for that, I want to say welcome to you guys again. Welcome to the people who are watching on TV, who are online. Thank you for being with us. Um, we are in the third week of a five-part message series called My Story. My Story. And the first week, if you missed it, Brent Silkey was with us. How many of you guys were here and how many of you were challenged by Brent's message? I was so challenged. So Brent, um, he introduced the series saying that we all have a story. Each one of us has a story. And we've been calling the rough patches in our story the dark chapters. The dark chapters. And we're seeing that as we look in the Bible, um, that many people have dark chapters in their life. And and, it's, and they're there for a reason. It's not like somebody made a mistake and accidentally put the bad parts in the Bible. No, they're there to teach us. They're to teach us. And our stories, your story and my story, can do the same thing that those Bible stories do. As we share our stories of where we were before God and then where we have come to after we have encountered Jesus, people's eternities can be impacted. And, and stories for that reason, is stories are powerful. Stories are powerful. Um, throughout history, you can look and see people passing down stories um, of culture or of literature, and this has been a powerful way to, to impact people's life, telling our stories. Um, the stories in the Bible, in the Bible, have, have power. They have power. And ours do too because... I want you guys to get this. If you're, if you're not paying attention, pay attention now. Our story is a part of the big God story. Our story is a part of the big God story. There are stories in the Bible like Abraham who obeys God even though it sounds crazy. Um, Moses, same thing. He, he comes from... Uh, an orf he's like an orphan and he, he, he gets into the palace in, in Egypt and then he's exiled and he goes back and it's, it doesn't make sense. He obeys God. And then we have the story of Lazarus in the Bible where Lazarus is dead for three days and he rises from the dead because Jesus calls him out. Those stories are powerful. But the reality is that those stories, the characters, aren't the main story of the Bible, right? God is the main character. He is the main character. And the people that are, we talk about in the Bible are supporting. They're supporting characters. God uses them. Um, it is one big story of God giving to those he loves. That's what the Bible is. It's one big story of, about how God is giving to the people that he loves. And this story of the Bible doesn't end there, right? God doesn't just, he's like, okay, Revelation, the last chapter, done. No, he is still interacting with us. He's interacting with you and me on a daily basis. He's trying to reconnect with the people that he loves. And my story is a part of the big God story. And I want you guys to know that your story is also a part of the big God story. And just because it, 
it's the big part of the big God story means that we have to share it. We have to share our stories. Just like the story of David we talked about last week and Elijah and Samson. Those stories are so intense and powerful and, and our stories can be the same. So, you might be sitting here thinking, all oh, that sounds all nice and, and good, but my, I don't have a story. Or, I have a story, but you wouldn't want to hear it because it's worthless. And if you have encountered Jesus in your life, your story is worth being shared. It has to be shared with people. It's powerful. So, in this series, we're going to look at stories from people in the Bible and also people in this church who have encountered Jesus. Last Sunday, Pastor Corey had talked about uh, when we encounter Jesus, we find something. Do you guys remember what... What, what do we find? Acceptance. Yes. When we encounter Jesus, <laughs> Corey's in the back going, oh my. Okay. We find acceptance. So every week we're going to look at what do we find when we encounter Jesus. So Corey talked about acceptance. We're going to talk about something else this week. Jesus was there in the stories that, that Corey told and Jesus encountered people and they found acceptance. Today, we are going to start by looking at a chapter of a man's story in the Bible. And so if you guys would stand with me, we're going to read from Mark chapter 5. So everybody around this place, stand. I hope you found Mark 5 by now. If not, it'll be on the screen behind me. Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. So, they arrived at the other side of the lake, in the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as often as he was, he snapped the chains around his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. So that is an intense story to be dropped in the middle of. And we're going to look at the rest of it in just a moment, but before we do, I'm going to pray. God, we thank you that you are strong, that you bring freedom to the broken, God, to the people that are bound. Jesus, we pray that you would speak to us today, speak through me, God, humble me. God, I pray that, that we would be able to, to know what you are saying to us today, God, and not miss it. Help us to take it home with us and take it to the nations and to the streets around us. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. All right, before you're seated, turn to someone next to you and say, wake up. This is for you. All right, here we go. So the man from Gerasenes had a story. A dark chapter of his story. This guy is unclothed has an impure spirit living inside of him. He lives among the dead in the tombs. Kind of a rough life. So let's talk about this man a little more. Is he free or is he bound? I want you guys to think about that. Is he free or is he bound? And this is just at first glance. Don't think about the times that you've read this story before, okay? At first glance, from what we just read. So to me, he appears to be free. He roams around. He's just free to roam, right? He can go wherever he wants, okay? 
He isn't bound by chains. There's no guards watching him. He had chains on him maybe at one time, but we know that they're gone now. He might have some bruises, some marks from those chains. And also he's, he's naked, so that is super free, okay? So I warn you, okay? He might look free. He might look freer than, but not go there. I warn you, do not be caught up in this fake freedom, okay? This is the fake freedom that the world offers you every day. This type of freedom, okay? Much of this world, in America especially, we have been so caught up in this idea of living morally free, okay? I know you guys know what I'm talking about. This postmodern living, postmodern living that says, do whatever makes you feel good. I, I know that. I'm, I'm a young person. I know. I grew up with it. My people around me at college would talk about it and coworkers. I know this thinking, okay? This thinking says, do what you, whatever you desire. Do it. Who is anybody to tell you what is right and what is wrong? The nerve of people to tell me what is right and what is wrong. This kind of free living, I warn you, is going to destroy you in the end. It will destroy you in the end. I, this might be the first time you've ever heard this type of thinking. This is not free living. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the penalty of sin is death. So get that. The penalty of sin is death. A, a famous speaker and pastor I like to listen to, his name is John Piper. He's from, he used to be a pastor in Minneapolis. He says this about freedom. And if you have the desire to do something, and if you have the ability to do it, and if you have the opportunity to do it, you're free to do it. But it destroys you in the end, then you are not fully free. You are not fully free. Paul says the same thing in 1 Corinthians. He says, you say I am not allowed to do anything. Or he says, you say I am allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. In other words, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Simple idea. Just because I can walk down the street after church today and go to McDonald's and order 44 double cheeseburgers and eat them all in one sitting doesn't mean that it's good for me. Right? This man in our story, he might have looked free on the outside, but on the inside he was slave to something. This man, if you haven't read ahead yet, had a legion of demons living inside of him. So let me read this to you. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. So right away, notice something. This man ran to Jesus. He bowed before Jesus. He acknowledged that Jesus is the Son of God. For Jesus had already said to the Spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. And Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many inside of this man. So again, 
I know I've already said it a few times. This man appeared to be free, but he was enslaved by a legion of demons. Okay, what is your story today? What is your story? Think about, what is my story? Are you free or do you just appear to be free? Are you, are you the a kind of person that can just put on a good face and smile around whoever you want, but actually you're enslaved inside? You're a wreck? You know how to say all the right words. You know how to go to all the right places. But really, you're a slave. So we all have things. I'm not just saying this is for you. This is for me. We all have things in our life that could enslave us. They, they hang on to us. We can't get rid of them. The people in this city thought this guy was a little weird, right? He, they thought, I don't know, there's something weird about this guy. And he would break out with supernatural strength. So he had strength. No one could ever bind him. So, you may not be physically bound, just like this man, but what is binding you? What impure thing are you a slave to? It could be this... It could be like a deep-rooted bitterness toward a person that nobody really knows, but it's in you. You, you think about it every day. You think about it. It could, be, it could be hate. It could be abuse from your past that you're holding on to. It's, it's, it's in your mind. You could have jealousy or lust or greed or hate. Anything, any of the above, you could be slave to. Many times we are willingly doing this to ourselves. We're free to put on the chains of sin. And sometimes, even sin, we don't want to do it. We think, I'm a Christian. I don't want to do it. But we oftentimes do the opposite of what we would like to do. Just like Paul says. So Paul, Apostle Paul in the Bible, had the same problem. He says, I don't really understand myself. For what I want to do is what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Why do we do that? We go back so easily. This man in our story, he, his story goes back, you know, until from the time he was born. And so he probably didn't have chains on him or in, or any demons inside of him when he was born, right? But the reality is, he let himself go to the point that the, there was demons living inside of him. But then the good part. Okay, so we've been, it's been heavy, heavy, heavy. We're about to get to this good part. Then he encounters Jesus. This man encounters the son, in his own words, the son of the living God. And he bows, and, and Jesus asks, what's your name? Okay, continuing on in our story. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. But as we know, Jesus wasn't about to let that happen. He wasn't going to say, okay, yeah, go ahead, stay there. I'm going to go eat some fish. No. The spirits came out of the man, okay? The spirits came out of the man, and the man was free. The man was free. So think about that word today, free. Some of the greatest stories in all of history, all of time, fiction, nonfiction, whatever, include stories about people escaping from jail, from prison, from slavery, from a concentration camp. I love those stories. I love those stories. And what is exciting about these stories? The process, for sure, is exciting, right? The planning. And sometimes there's no planning. It's just, bam, one day the door is open and they can leave. 
But I think the best part about these stories is that moment of freedom, right? After they have escaped captivity. So here's an example. An example. One of my favorite movies, which happens to be my wife's top movie, number one, like before all the chick flicks. This movie is number one. It's called The Count of Monte Cristo. Okay? And it's also based on a book. So in this story, I'm going to catch you up because you need to know this story. In this story, Edmund is the main character. He just became engaged to this beautiful girl. He just became the captain of a ship in France. And th that same night of both those things, he is accused of treason. He's arrested that night. He's sent without trial, without reason, to prison on an island for people who are innocent forever. So life in prison, and it's actually life in prison. He spends 14 years there. So I'm ruining the story for some of you if you haven't seen the movie. I apologize. So he spends 14 years there. In solitary confinement, no one else is with him. The only people that come in beat him. So 14 years spent in this dark place. He's crying. He's crying out for help. Somebody help me. God, give me mercy. Give me justice. He's isolated from his friends, from his family. Can you imagine? From society. There's no TVs in his cell, by the way. Edmund... This man meets a fellow prisoner. A guy one day is popping up through the floor and he's trying to find a way out of his jail cell. And they become friends and they begin to dig, dig a tunnel of escape for a number of years. And then one day, the old man, his friend, dies in this tunnel. And in, the, in that instant, there's an opportunity for Edmund to escape. Edmund narrowly and miraculously escapes. I'm not going to give that part away. But there's a video that's going to play behind me. He wakes up on an island. And he realizes that he's free. So I want you to watch his reaction. There's so much joy when you're set free. And he doesn't care who's watching him, right? He doesn't care that he's gonna, his voice is gonna crack as he's screaming in joy. He doesn't care that he's tripping because he hasn't run in 14 years. He doesn't care. That's what I'm talking about. This freedom, this type of, of joy from the freedom that God gives, it's even more than what Edmund just has experienced. So the bottom line of this sermon today, if you're taking notes, write this down. And if you're not, do the same. When you encounter Jesus, you find freedom. When you encounter Jesus, you find freedom. There's two kinds of freedom that I've seen in the Bible and in life. And the first is this, instantaneous freedom. The moment you are set free. There's immediate change right away like this man from our Bible passage. In life, I've experienced this in, in my friends and relatives. My, my uncle, he was a slave to drugs and alcohol for many years. And we rarely saw him. And one day he came to church 
with my parents. And he had been to church before, yeah. But this day was different because he encountered Jesus that day. And he was changed and he went home and he's flushed his drugs. And he has never taken drugs again since that day. He encountered Jesus and boom, it was done. And freedom is also a journey. It's also a journey. We just got done with the 4th of July, one of my favorite days to celebrate. And if you think back to when you've, you learned in high school, the American leaders signed their John Hancock on the Declaration. Everything wasn't suddenly easy. Just because they signed their name, it wasn't just, wow, it's easy, right? There have been wars. There are wars. And in our own lives, when we're, when we're fighting for our freedom against Satan, against the enemy, it's not going to be easy every day. It's not going to be easy. We have to realize that the enemy is like a lion, a roaring lion, the Bible says. The enemy is like a thief, a sneaky thief trying to steal, kill, and destroy and the last time I checked about thieves, they don't set a date on your calendar when you're most prepared and when you have your baseball bat in your hand, right? They come when you're not ready. They come when you think you're ready. So you have to be ready today. You have to be ready. When you're freed after an encounter with Jesus, you're going to have to fight enemies. You're going to have to fight um, the temptation for, to be addicted to something. You're going to have to fight uh, all those, a number of things. And so for my uncle, this drug addiction was gone. But for other things in his life, it took time. And it's taking time. And other people, it takes time. So you have to wake up every day asking God for strength and fighting. You have to wake up ready to fight the enemy. So Luke 9.23 says this. Jesus says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. An easy word to skip in that verse is daily. We have to take up our cross daily and deny ourselves. That is not fun to deny ourselves, right? It's, our flesh wants to be pleased. It's not fun but it's necessary in the Christian life. Some of you are dealing with hate. Some of you are dealing with bitterness and a, and a various number of things. And this is something you have to give to God. You have to give it to him every day. And so here's a, here's a story. I'm going to show you a video of a story of someone in our church whose life was changed when she encountered Jesus. So go ahead and watch this video. My life began on a farm, central Minnesota. It was a story of really a family filled with abuse. My father was very angry and abusive. If you did something wrong, it was down to the woodshed. There was so much fear. I remember putting my hands up over my face and just crying out to dad, don't hurt us daddy. All I wanted to do was just get out of there, escape. As a teenager, I took off as much as I possibly could, and I planned to leave home 
And I did. The day after I graduated, I moved out of my house. I met a boy at 17, got pregnant. He didn't want anything to do with it. Wanted me to get rid of it. Pressured me to have an abortion. I didn't want to do that. And so we broke off our relationship. And I was just about five months along when I miscarried the baby. I was so distraught at the time that I called this fella and he was actually relieved that I'd lost the baby. Of course then told me that, you know, it was a mistake that the, some of the things he said to me that he really loved me. And three days later he brought an engagement ring and we were engaged. I accepted his apology and when I was just 18 we got married. It was only a few months after that that he hit me for the first time. It became a pattern. Everything that went wrong was my fault. I suffered black eyes, bruised ribs, broken wrist. After a while, I stopped challenging him and kind of lost myself. I tried actually to leave a couple of times once I had $127 hidden and he found it and he threw it in the fireplace and burned it. He told me I wasn't allowed to leave. He told me at times that I could leave but not with the children. He told me at times that I'd never leave alive. Um, I found a Christian counselor who gave me some great advice and really tied it into the Bible, the words that God had for me. I think I lived my, not, my life not really knowing what love really was. I had this image of God as this angry person who was going to punish me. My father was angry. My husband was angry. So to learn God loved me he loved me so much that he gave his life for me. That was something that totally overwhelmed me. I accepted the Lord then. I found salvation. I found peace, maybe for the first time in my life, and freedom. I was able to get out. That was the first time, I think, that, it, that I was able to really open up and connect to the possibility of a future. So I started going to taking some college classes, nights and weekends, and had to work full time. But I did it. I got three degrees. Over time, went to church, and I had planned to never, ever marry again. I didn't even want to date anyone, ever. But I met Dennis at a church group. We've been married now 25 years this July. I'm so very grateful for God for being there. He doesn't promise you a good life. He doesn't promise you that everything's going to be sunshine and roses. But he promises to always be there for you. And that's what he's been for me. If you're a person like myself who's gone through abuse, there is hope. There's a future, and the key to that is 
seeking God, He'll be there. His love will comfort you. He'll give you His peace. The Holy Spirit will be within you. It's the thing I think that carries me through each and every day. My name is Carol Nugent and this is my story. Thank you, Carol, for sharing your story. Thank you. It, it takes courage. It's not easy. Um, and Carol, as you just heard, has experienced the freedom of Jesus. She has experienced the freedom of Jesus. And she was able to share that with us. This is the same thing that happens in our, in our story. If you keep reading, the people that saw the demons cast out of this man, they ran to town and they told everyone. And the people that heard it in turn, ran to Jesus. They wanted to see if it was true. And they found out it is true. Because of that man's story, many people came to know Jesus. So, I, I want you guys to take this message with you today. I don't want it to just be just a nice teaching that, you know, you could fill a Sunday morning with. Let's take this home. Let's, let's, let's apply it to our life. So we're going we're gonna to end here. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I ask you this morning, the first thing is this. How many of you want, you might, you're, you're telling me I'm a Christian, I know Jesus, but there's something that is hanging on and I can't get rid of it and I feel like I can't get free from it. You're sick of being a slave to that thing. And you're saying, I don't want to go back to this old way on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and, and next month. I want to daily take up my cross and follow Jesus. So if that's you today, raise your hand and raise it high. Yeah, many hands. God is faithful. Okay, we're going to pray about that in just a second. So you can put your hands down. The second thing, the second thing is this. There's a freedom you experience when you when you encounter Jesus and it's the freedom from the penalty of sin. And if you are here today, which I don't know why you came, maybe you're a visitor, maybe you were dragged here today, I don't know, but Jesus loves you and he knows your story and he knows you by name and he knows the details in your story. And even though the penalty of sin is death, Jesus came as a free gift from God to give us eternal life. Jesus paid that penalty for you. You have to accept him. If you have never accepted Jesus today and you want to, and maybe you've heard this many times but you've never done it, but today you're saying, I want to encounter Jesus today. I want freedom like Carol experienced. I want freedom like this man in our story has experienced. Then I want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray. I'm going to raise it high. I'm going to wait a few more seconds. If you have never given your life to Jesus today, raise your hand. Jesus. Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Everybody in this room, repeat this prayer and mean it with, from your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for accepting me even before I accepted you. Make me free. Today I'm taking that step for 
and I want to thank you for dying for me. Help me to live for you for the rest of my life. And Jesus, I pray for every other person that has that has raised their hand. They want freedom from um, these things that, that tend to hold on to us and we don't want to do them, but sometimes we do. And I ask that you would help us to remember that you have freed us. You saw who raised their hand in here today, God, and they want freedom. And so, in Jesus' name, I pray freedom, God. I pray your freedom to, to fill this, these people, Lord. Holy Spirit, we are yours. Give us strength every day to take up our cross. Remind us, Lord, don't let us forget that you have freed us. Do not let us forget this, Lord. And so we ask this in your name, Jesus, everyone said. Amen.